Hello and welcome to episode number 247 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. I'm having a pretty good time playing that lovely Resident Evil Village over the oh, weekend. It's good stuff, man. It's good, yeah. good stuff. Always Resident puts Evil's me back. Yeah, always puts me in a great mood. Like whenever you get to play Resident Evil, and when it's this good, oh man, it's it's so goddamn good. Um, just when you yeah. don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. Know, in recent awesome. years, you just give them that blind trust, and they keep delivering. Yeah, on what a role they've been on. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk more about Village in the future. Um, but yeah, we've got a new movie to discuss for the first time in quite a few weeks, actually, um, which is quite nice to have a little bit of time off. And then it gets me more excited to check out these new films again. Mm. Um, but yeah, kicking off this new run is Sound of Violence, which uh, I believe gets released in like a week or so um, from now. Yeah, um, that week, isn't it? Just, just when kind of everything kind of kicks off. Yeah, so lucky that we were able to kind of see it early. Um, so yeah, mm. we'll be discussing that this week. Um, but first the news there's not really too much this week just a couple little tidbits um first of all there was like a little stranger things teaser i don't know if you Hmm. saw this um yeah so it was kind of very brief um wasn't like the kind of first one we got showing hopper um this was kind of set in the lab the hawkins lab with like the children um and they were kind of all doing different things and then someone was kind of talking at 11 um but we didn't see 11 we just kind of saw like her room i believe it was yeah um and there's no date or anything. That was kind of all it was, really. Um, it was a very short one. But, yeah, did you kind of attain anything from this? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm just, it was... you know, I'm just glad Stranger Things has come in. And, you know, the little teases just means that the, the ball is moving down the road. And, and that's all mm. I really care about. Yeah, I think people have gleaned from this that there's going to be four teasers. Um, so we kind of know, at least, now that there's going to be a couple more of these. Um, right. And, yeah, like, I hope it is soon because i think that the hopper one was a while ago right a while um, ago yeah so sure. i hope it isn't like every three months because then that would lead into this not this being very far away stranger things and i i still think it's going to be this year but um yeah. we shall see but yeah it was a weird teaser because it felt like you know early stranger things it felt like season one stranger things it was mm. obviously setting up i guess more kind of origin elements but it's weird because no way could millie bobby brown play you know an even younger 11 yeah. at this point um which would just be ridiculous and, and you're not going to cast another actress either so. i was thinking that like at what point do these actors just start to look too silly mm. in the in the time gaps that was meant to have passed because oh, like, i can't wait to see this new season <laughs> yeah because season three was kind of a push and they had to yeah. like dub over their voices and stuff <laughs> um so yeah i can only imagine like what they're gonna have to do for this one yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild if it like say if it does come out next year. Um, but yeah, you know, we like, you know see. like how they shot the Lord of the Rings to make the Hobbits look small. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what they have to have do. To start doing that with the kids, aren't they? Yeah, they already have to do that to Will. Will was like always yeah. sitting down in the last season. He was always he's about on nine a foot, or under, <laughs> at the bottom of a step. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, next up, this, this was just a very small update on the uh, the kind of George A. Romero movie coming to Shudder mm. um, very soon. We actually we had a trailer and we have a release date. Um, so yeah, this is premiering exclusively on Shudder worldwide on June 8th. Um, so just oh, yeah. right around the corner, really. Obviously, this, it's nice that kind of cinemas are reopening and, you know, there's not going to be new movies out every week. Um, and there will be plenty of on-demand stuff as well, which is fun. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw the trailer. I only watched like maybe 30 seconds like I normally do. and was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. So I don't yeah, I don't to want see to this. see the trailer. Yeah, I I saw the news, saw the release date, and just thought, hell yeah, that's all I need. 
yeah it's cool i'm I'm looking forward to it um because it's just such a weird thing like when do you get to experience something like that all together like obviously we discussed like for me watching deadly blessing last week which i had not seen before yeah. but like this is a movie that the 99 percent of horror fans have never seen before so it's really cool um even though it's Definitely. not strictly a horror movie but yeah we'll, we'll see what it's like um Next up, the kind of couple of little announcements here. Um, first of all, um, In Search of Darkness kind of did a little <laughs> announcement on Twitter. Yeah. Um, part three is coming. So yeah. right off the back of part two, obviously just came to Shudder. Um, I actually watched it in the past week. Um, mm. so I might talk about it at the end of the show because I was thoroughly enjoyed it. And they kind of just put up the announcement part three and I'm, I'm like, bring it on. There is plenty more to talk about, even oh, yeah. after like eight and a half hours at this point. <laughs> um, so I think it's awesome. And I'd love to see like, it's cool if they can kind of complete the trilogy and then move on to something else, because there's so many different errors that I would love for Go them to do trilogy, this treatment. Exactly. And, and the, you know, 90s horror and all different stuff yeah. that they could go to after this, even before as well, like and cover that kind of real early stuff. I saw some people saying like they should cover like the early 30s stuff and i'd love that as well so there's there's so much they could do in the future but these guys have, have earned it they're, they've they've done such an awesome job way above and beyond what i could have imagined um with these two documentaries so yeah i think so like when we saw the you know when we when we spoke to them when the you know the documentary was pretty much just in its concept phase mm. not no interviews had been done and nothing had got there like the level of production the amount of people they've got like um you know it's it's pretty much just everything you would want it is just the perfect capsule of this uh mm. you know of all these people talking retrospectively about it obviously like uh at this point they need bruce campbell and, yeah um <laughs> you know it, it's it you know how do you complete the trilogy well basically have a big old you know we've got the we got the robert england in part two so now i'm all out for bruce campbell Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And it's it, one of the weird things in both parts is like how much they've discussed Jamie Lee Curtis because mm. you know she was in so many movies yeah. and you know even though I'm kind of like on the fence because a lot of kind of modern Jamie you know in, in interviews isn't really my cup of tea, but like she's so iconic for that era of like specifically yeah, what they're talking strange. about. And so yeah, it'd be awesome if they could get her as well. I think that she she has to be top of their own kind of most wanted list because they just constantly talk about her films. Mm. But yeah, like say this it's kind of cool that they are there are still these big names that they haven't got um and it'd be great to see them kind of scoop them up because like i say i think robert in part two was was so awesome um but yeah good times another announcement um about fright fest um fright fest 2021 kind of they just put the tweet out in the last week and uh yeah they said official news fright fest 2021 again headline sponsored by arrow will be returning to Cineworld uh in leicester square um august 26th till the 30th details to follow so this was very much up in the air obviously getting to like may and they hadn't really officially confirmed whether or not they were going to do it um obviously as kind of restrictions are starting to loosen obviously cinemas are you know reopening in a matter of days at this point mm. and they have announced the go-ahead so i, I assume they're going to try and like they're gonna have to start announcing films and tickets and stuff very soon um yeah i was trying to remember when that sort of thing happens normally around may may and june it's kind yeah. of like end may end of may early june is when they start normally announcing that stuff so 
they've got a lot of work on their hands you know like they're doing they're committing to the kind of four day thing as well Mm -hmm. again um and that's a lot of movies to fill um and and if it is kind of like movies of the quality that we saw the digital event that's not gonna swing in terms of like a four day in-person event in london yeah and the problem we've got right now is the cinemas are so oversaturated with both horror and non-horror oh yeah it's gonna be my kind of drive to to have like that level like of movies as well like i don't know like it's mm. yeah obviously i'm stoked i'm glad it's coming back and um you know it, it's it's definitely not like hell yeah let's book our tickets like i need to see some announcements and stuff first yeah definitely i think you know the last couple we've always had an amazing time with fright first but it was yeah. always a case of like okay we really want them to kind of wow us with like a big film that we really want to see um because that hasn't really happened since cult of chucky yeah. um and, you know and we even though we consistently enjoyed the two years after that it wasn't the same as like here's this one movie that we're really really excited for no. um so yeah be, and like like you say looking at the upcoming list all of our most anticipated movies are just kind of big tempo cinema horror that are going to get released anyway <clears throat> There yeah. isn't like a completed Rob Zombie movie just waiting to be released like there has been in previous years. So no. I don't really know what they could like sneak no, out that makes me want to go. All, all the stuff, because even like the stuff that's far out, it's got a fixed date. Like we're not going to get to see that stuff. Mm. Like, you know, we've got, you know, for the for the big slated movies and even kind of, you know, the the other movies, you know, we know we've got all these James Wan and Edgar Wright movies and all this stuff. But like we kind of have a release slate for everything. and I, mm. And I don't really see how... Fright Fest would be able to get in ahead of any of that, but you know, let's see what they can come up with. For sure, I, it's funny you mentioned Edgar Wright then because I was just thinking, like, yeah, last night in Soho, mm. that's like a very easy one of like just you know get it three weeks before release, and and again, yeah. that's not going to make me go to London to see that because I'm going to see it anyway. But I think that'd be a good to have like the premiere of that movie there. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar would be loves awesome. it. Like if he's there as well, like yeah, you know, that I, is I a good selling sort of point. Thing. So, yeah, um, I, I can see that happening for sure. Um, and then, yeah, lastly, in the news, it's just a very random one that I want to put in here because it's regarding faces of death, which <laughs> I didn't think there'd be a news story on this in 2021. No. But here we are. Um, and it was interesting because they did talk about it briefly in uh, In Search of Darkness Part Two. Yeah. And um, yeah, apparently they are doing a reboot. Um, so this is kind of yeah, Hollywood Reporter saying that kind of yeah, there's going to be a reboot um, from the filmmakers that made Cam. Um, that netflix movie that was yeah. pretty good um good. so you know this is a real interesting thing because yeah they kind of talked about in the documentary as well of like back in the 70s when this came out and obviously like the the craze of like home video and stuff it was there was such a drive to see something like this from from a kind of niche audience this kind of you know for people that don't know it kind of said that it was real footage of like real deaths um and and kind of whereas the reality of it was it was kind of like mixed in footage so it was like a lot of film mm-hmm. stuff that was clearly staged but then they just have like a catastrophe of like a race car flying for a crowd or something like that um so it was a kind of a weird one but yeah like what where does this kind of what role does this serve in 2021 with the internet when if you want to see this stuff it's two clicks away um yeah i don't really see the point in this i kind of the original faces of death i kind of thought the whole concept was quite disgusting really because mm. um you know if i want to watch real life stuff i'll watch real life stuff or if i want to watch kind of you know fiction then i'll i'll watch a movie and like this was kind of like this weird blend where it was glorifying real life things with this splice of the fake stuff in there. And it was just, 
yeah i just you know i didn't i didn't find it interesting i just found it to be exploitation for the sake of it Mm. um so yeah i i don't really you know have any you know excitement for this one i'm pretty much with you like yeah it's never interested me to the point of even watching it um Mm. you know i haven't seen it but like um i think a new take on it could be interesting kind of living up to that legacy and playing into that if it is just all like i just want a purely scripted movie um and similar with how cam kind of dealt into that kind of the seedy aspect of that sort of thing i think Mm. yeah there's something to it it's not kind of like oh it's a complete waste of time but yeah it has to be very different name and and then they've put a clever spin on it then potentially but yeah if it's just kind of what the original did then yeah i'm not interested yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, there's not too much news this week. Uh, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Sound of Violence. So yes, yeah, Sound of Violence. This was um, a weird one because I don't think we've really mentioned it too much on the podcast. Um, no, not really. This was one that was like, I had a list of movies that I kind of thought sounded interesting that were coming to on demand and I never got around to talking about them because the news was so busy like a month ago. Um, mm. And this was one of about three or four different movies that I kind of wanted to bring up on the podcast just because it had a real interesting premise. And that was mm. the entire reason why it kind of was, you know, I was drawn to it really. Um, so, and I'm guessing you really knew, didn't know too much about this one going in. I I thought it was a Shine Down album. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, it, is that the name of their album? No, it's like Sound of Madness or something. Oh, okay, but, right. Because for a I minute, gonna... I was like. Because I didn't want to. Title, I was like, "Hang on." <laughs> yeah, because I, I wanted to give this movie credit because first and foremost, just to start as such a random thing, because we talk about titles all the time. Like, I love "Sound of Violence" it's, as a title a for a horror title. movie. Like, I oh, joke about the. Shine it's incredible, writing. isn't it? It's a great movie title. This is. Um, yeah, like how has the, it not the, been done before? It's one yeah, of those things the, where you're like, "How has no one done yeah, this?" Yeah, and the second I heard it, I was like, "This sounds cool." And then mm. I, I knew I nothing about this movie going into it. Which was nice. fantastic. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, the, I think, you know, th- this movie has a stellar cast as well. Really good, kind of mm. strong two leads. With Our lead is kind of um, uh, Jasmine Brown, who plays Alexis, mm-hmm. who's our kind of lead. Um, and she, um, we kind of get a, an opening scene of her as a child. And we, we witness her kind of, she's lost her hearing. And we witness these traumatic events that she kind of um, uh, sees and kind of feels the sound of. And it kind of awakens this, um, like, I, I don't really know what it is when she's young. This kind of, like, joy, basically, in her. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a great of, feeling. Yeah, it's almost like the effects of, like, you know, drugs or something. You know, it's yeah. on her. It gives her this high and, and kind of... Um, we then we then kind of join Alec uh, Alexis, sorry, in kind of um, her college years, um, and yeah, Jasmine Brown. Um, I don't know whether because 
um, I, I was watching this movie. I was like, where the hell do I recognize her from? <laughs> and then she plays one of like the main, well, she, she's in the, the PS5 Spider-Man game yeah, as one of kind of the lead characters in that. And I was like, wow, okay. I knew I recognized her voice and her. Yeah, it's um, funny. I was going to say is, I wondered if you would recognize her from the video yeah, game or not. Which is awesome. And then her kind of roommate is um, Marie, who's played by Lily Simmons, mm-hmm. who is awesome and is in a ton of stuff um yeah she was in the namely, Purge tv show wasn't yeah, I was she? Say, namely for you you would have seen her in the purge but yeah. i watched banshee and she was fantastic oh, in right. banshee i actually nice. loved that show um and so and it's weird because like she she seems so young but she's mm. been in so many things i think i think she's kind of 27 28 something like that but she's been around for a while but like mm. You know, she still kind of always kind of plays quite these young characters and that in the in these films. Um, I don't know if you saw both... about um, Jasmine as well. What her upcoming roles are? No, I haven't seen anything. She's no. in the new Scream movie. Is she nice? Because yeah. <laughs> both of these females it leads in this are fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so good. Um, I think you know Jasmine in particular with Alexis. Um, you know, we're, we're joined. Yeah, we join Alexis kind of back at back at college, and she's kind of studying music slash i mean it's kind of like this really specific music course that really is getting into like you know sounds and things on a very deep level yeah um and marie's kind of like some sort of i don't know engineer or something (laughs) like all kind of like an art college um basically she likes she's repairing machines whenever we see her doing stuff marie yeah um but yeah and kind of alexis is starting to experiment with kind of sounds and um very early on they come up with this machine that kind of records or almost like one of these um uh, paranormal investigation machines where it's recording the the sound kind of in different you know splitting it into different areas and they go to like a uh i guess like a bondage place where mm. this woman kind of is is torturing this guy in in kind of you know uh safe environment and and they're recording the sounds and and alexis is kind of like getting a little bit of that feeling from that and it's kind of like it we basically join her slowly going on this journey trying to reach that high of what she experienced before and going down that path of um violence and sounds hence the sound of violence i think yeah that's what makes this movie the title so good that this Mm. It, it really does like you know it's not just a cool title it yeah. is quintessentially the plot of this movie is alexis hunting for the high of kind of the sound of violence and trying to get that yeah yeah that was and the main thing that drew it. me to this movie it was like mm-hmm. i heard the concept and i was like oh, okay it's about this kind of formerly deaf person who has now regained their sound and then through the course of that they are you said you know you doing violent means and kind of getting off on it through the sound of it and then hearing yeah. the title I was like oh wow they you know that in itself is awesome and, and that was yeah. the main reason why i wanted to see <clears throat> this movie um yeah and i think this is a first time director um and, nice. and writer of the movie yeah alex alex neuer um i think he he's got like he's he's got a short on here as a director called conductor so i don't right. know whether that is any way related or not right um but but yeah they're the only two directing credits and and yeah kind of um yeah going into my thoughts on this movie um i i really enjoyed this movie i think i i you know you can tell like when i'm talking about the premise i'm i'm into the premise i enjoy the premise i thought the opening 
was very strong the the kind of um alexis as a young child and what happens to her very strong opening and then like i say instantly really liked the two leads i love their chemistry i love their dynamic um and i really just like seeing alexis's journey and kind of um when we start to get into the violence and her kind of exploring that i think kind of it, the movie did some really ingenious ways. It, it, it never revisited the same trick twice um, because it, it could almost be just like, oh, okay, well, she can, you know, strap someone in a room, stick a microphone in front of them and kind of, you know, do what Dexter does in the TV show. Like, and just do the same thing over and over again. And it's like, mm. no, she's like experimenting. Every time she's doing something, it's very different. And... um I, I, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. I kind of like, I, I was surprised when the police kind of came into play. And I almost feel like that element was a little bit too much because it didn't really, it didn't get fully explored. I, I liked it when they came in and I was like, oh, okay, I quite like the idea that this is like the police hunting them down at the same time. But then the two did meet and match up, but it didn't really, the police stuff just felt like kind of more filler in the end. And I, and I wish they'd have gone a bit more with it because I did like it. Mm. um and then and then yeah kind of you know when the movie ended i think it had a really strong finale and it ended and i thought i thought you know it was it was all round really enjoyable you know it mm. was i was i was pretty kind of shocked by it really how strong it was throughout yeah it's funny i pretty much echo all of those sentiments really there's only one thing that i disagree on which is the ending um but we'll mm. get to that later on but um yeah i think the movie starts off super strong i think the kind of yeah. you know seeing alexis as a child i thought was a real bold move because normally you'd kind of get a flashback later on when you've already established who alexis is right now or something along those lines but you kind of start with her as a child yeah well i thought that and- was the movie yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um and so and they get to it straight away you get one small mm. scene that sets up this kind of really intense dinner scene at home and it within two scenes yeah. you are sold on the family who they are their roles and then kind of like how uncomfortable it is um being this character of alexis and they they really get that point across super well um and throughout the whole movie the use of sound is brilliant like we mm. we've, we've we've been really lucky in like the last few years of having so many horror movies that that can use sound in good effective ways that isn't yeah. just oh my god here's a loud jump scare because that's terrible you know and i think obviously a quiet place is the benchmark and it's funny mm. because we're seeing like like the sequel to that very soon yeah. um but and we've seen other movies as well not just that one that have used sound really really well but this is definitely up there in terms yeah. of like they strip away sound at key moments to make you feel like how alexis is feeling um and i think the sound design overall of kind of like this like it's, it's funny because it is the title but the, the actual sound of the violence in the movie i think is mm. super effective and really adds to the gore and violence of it because this isn't yeah. like a super kind of gory movie but the actual scenes of violence I found to be really effective, and I think it yeah, was because it of was, the sound. It definitely was the sound. There was there was one scene when, in the camper van when mm. that kind of or the RV when that when that all goes down, and I was like, oof, and it made me cringe because of the sound because of mm. what you're seeing, and then you get that kind of you know almost like squelch of you know what, what's mm. going on, and it was just it was yeah you know it definitely elevated things. 
that to me is something that I always think about in the Saw movies, where I get that they mm. are like obviously extremely bloody and you know some of the most gory movies ever made. But like mm. to me, when I think about those scenes, it's the sound that really pops to me, especially mm. in the kind of Saw two and Saw three, where I'm like, mm. oh my god, it's the sound of these traps that mm. that stays with me. So yeah, I absolutely love that. And then I completely agree with you. Once we're kind of established, you know, to see Alexis uh, where she's at right now, just an absolutely amazing character that kind of mm. is fully fleshed out. You kind of understand where she's coming from you dealing with all these issues and then her back and forth with marie was excellent i th- i loved kind of you know as soon as the movie starts they're kind of like okay they're really good friends and in, in about 10 minutes in i was like is there something more here mm. because they were kind of like being flirty but just kind of like friendly flirty and then they're at college or whatever and then kind of like there was one moment about 20 minutes in where kind of like a look went like one second too long yeah and i was like oh, okay there's something definitely going on here <laughs> and i think the way that's portrayed in the movie because it's very it's not just like immediately in your face here's what these what the no. kind of character motivations are it's very subtle and i think they build upon that really really well in terms of when they aren't like feeling it either you know Mm. it's just we we join them as they're kind of discovering it and i think it's just very well done it's a very subtle part of the movie it's not in overtly in your face yeah, and I believed it as well. I thought there was mm. like genuine on-screen chemistry between the two characters, really and that was, was obviously because the actors were so brilliant. Um, mm. So yeah, that all that stuff was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I agree with you. Kind of the cop stuff was interesting because when they pop up about forty minutes into the movie, yeah. potentially, um, I was kind of like. Okay, this is where they're going to try and start sort of padding the runtime, um, which they didn't. The, the, the cops aren't in it that much at all. They, they maybe have like six or seven minutes of overall screen time. Like it's really not much. Um, no. And they are kind of just there to it's kind of fill like in the blanks. Yeah, they're kind of there and they pop up. And yeah, they, they I do. I, I, it's weird because I got a lot of those parallels as well, where like you see them kind of investigating these crime scenes. And I wonder if that was kind of like a. Um, you know motivation for the the writers or whatever but um Mm. yeah i I found those scenes to be okay like there was a couple of moments in those scenes that just felt a bit off and i think it was because of the fact that the alexa and marie stuff was so strong and so believable and so well written that the second we see other characters it just didn't feel as genuine to me kind of like the the, especially the kind of lead detective i just didn't really buy her as a character there was Mm. something about i don't know if it's the performance or the writing like there's a moment really early on when they're one of the first crime scenes they investigate and she just says like take pics or something along those lines and it was the it was something to do with either the line delivery or saying pics or something and i don't know if i'm probably being extremely nitpicky but it was kind of like oh that just felt a bit off and nothing else about this movie feels off it all feels very right and on tone um so i don't know i don't know they they looked to me like they were a bit out of sequence do you know what i mean like they almost Mm. filmed them at a different time or whatever but but like i say they are such a small part of the movie that it didn't remotely kind of interrupt my enjoyment um so yeah I, I was kind of thoroughly enjoying it like i say all the kill scenes and all that stuff was exceptional um as far as the ending goes because it seemed like you were quite liking it i i didn't mm. dislike it but i didn't like it as much as the rest of the movie and i think my main issue with it was like the movie has an amazing pace and kind of earns pretty much this entire runtime which is about 90 minutes mm-hmm. um i feel like it could have been longer because yeah. 
the finale was so rushed to me where we have yeah. like again not going into specifics but the two big kind of revelations that we're waiting for in terms of between the relationship of alexis and marie happens so quickly and and one happens and then immediately the next revelation happens you don't really get a second to react to either of those moments and then you're kind of fast tracked to the finale then you get the final scene and then the movie's over and mm. I, I wanted more time especially with those two characters to kind of react to what was happening around them um so it's weird because i normally would never have this criticism but i feel like that end needed an extra probably 15 minutes of those final sequences because i think if the same things had happened i wouldn't have a problem with it. it's not like i want to change anything i just wanted more i wanted more kind of characters you know character stuff in that moment um because it just felt a bit rushed to me like so, so you quite liked the end was that not a problem for you um yeah no i wasn't um i think i i agree with everything you said that but i still i still enjoyed it i think mm. like i would have liked it to have been longer but what i still got was still good yeah i think for me um the you know the um the you know the the payoff of that kind of final moments and everything else i enjoyed visually what it all was and it just you know i enjoyed the final kind of image of alexis and kind of all of that and i think yeah i would have liked 10 or 15 minutes more of it but it just shows me how good this movie was that it left mm. me wanting more and especially with those two characters i do agree with you that we got those two pivotal points at the same time and they it, it really did happen quick but you know i i still liked what i saw you know and so so yeah i'm you know i'm conflicted on it but overall i still enjoyed it yeah like it's yeah it is a negative for me but it's one of those ones that is leaning because of how positive i am on the movie and so like i said I normally would never have that problem of like mm -hmm. oh man my problem with the ending is that it was too it was over too quickly <laughs> um because i think it would like in terms of what actually happened i don't have a problem with it it was just in that moment i i'd become quite attached to these two characters and in seeing it kind of change dramatically so quickly having built towards you know those two moments for like the preceding sort of 75 80 minutes i was kind of like mm. oh man i wanted to kind of linger in that moment more but yeah overall like i thoroughly enjoyed this movie i'm I'm really glad because yeah it was it was a similar risk to a lot of the ones you take in really and it just kind of shows you with these with these new horrors that you really don't know like what they're going to be like you know i i thought the concept sounded neat and obviously the title or whatever but mm. like i i've heard that you know that's happened a lot and and then you watch the movie i think lucky was a prime example and i don't want to always call out different movies but it's only because that just popped into my head but i remember yeah. that premise sounded awesome on paper and then you sit down and watch it and and they portray that premise in in such a way that you find uninteresting and unentertaining whereas this was like okay this premise sounds cool on paper but i have no idea if visually this movie is going to be interesting if it's gonna have loads of filler if it's gonna have terrible performances and it didn't have any of that it had all great things so yeah i'm i'm really really happy with this one i think it's a cool movie that's kind of it seems like it's going under the radar um because it's just kind of coming out on demand the, the other thing i want to add as well is like this would have been a great cinema horror um because of the use yeah. of sound um because i would have loved to have seen this on the big screen i think the moments when they pull the sound back and it's really quiet they would have been even more impactful on the big screen so it's a shame that like yeah we won't get to see this one on the big screen um, definitely i think you know like you say i think visually as well like i think this movie mm. obviously like you say it sounds fantastic and it really does stand apart with the sound design but i still think the movie looks fantastic as well just visually for our everything was genuine 
and then the kill scenes and everything all of them were a visual spectacle really kind mm. of you know the 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 first one we see we get kind of the sound booth we get uh you know the the um uh musical instrument one kind of like all of these ones every single one of them really looked and sounded fantastic um and it's kind of one of the things that neither of us have kind of touched on to is that it it's quite wacky once we get past that the first kind of set piece is kind of quite quite saw-esque mm. again um and i was like oh, okay this is kind of the shtick that, that we, we'll see this 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 kind of you know we'll this see this multiple yeah, times we'll, we'll yeah. see this loads of times mm-hmm. and then we don't and and kind of everything beyond that is quite wacky and the, quite... the sound booth one in particular like i pro- was proper laughing at that in a good yeah. way and then it turned but, really quickly into really even even like the harp player i was like i don't mm-hmm. really understand what, what <laughs> you know how, how that worked and that level of manipulation mm. kind of took place but i just was in for the ride and enjoying it i'm like okay she she's she's just got access to all this weird shit you know yeah. and i'm like i'm okay with that and it's you know and, and like i say even visually like the final scene and stuff just all of that is quite zany and quite wacky but none of it offended me because the movie was just so earnest and everything else that i enjoy, i enjoyed that element of it mm, yeah for sure um the, the one other thing i want to mention was kind of like the way they show visually the sounds on the screen, which is a weird sentence to say. But obviously they kind of, they, they trying to show you what she's feeling when she's hearing these sounds. Like, wh- what did you make of that? Because when I heard this concept, that was kind of like my biggest question mark going in was mm. how on earth, like on paper, that sounds great. But how on earth do you actually show sounds visually on screen in an interesting way? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um... I think it it was I think it was fine like hmm. you know it 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 showed what it needed to show and I and I didn't want it to get too trippy um so I I I liked it because it was just kind of like this this you know boom of of the the imagery and it kind of it showed you what was going on in her mind enough and it didn't take over the scene hmm. you know if if we'd have got a, the full experience that she was getting then trying to give that then I think that would have been a little bit too much yeah, I, I liked it. I thought, like you say, I don't. Ha- I had no idea what they would do, and so mm. I think when I saw it, I was like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." And I like it. I don't love it. No, but I think I think what it did do was that it got the point across. Which yeah, is it that got the it- point across, and then I think Alexis kind of um, the the um, uh, the performance from from Jasmine was was just like like i said i I really don't think it can't be understated how good she is like Mm. to me this was a standout performance of like you know when we get to the year end you know this is definitely one that will be earmarked for that because i thought she was fantastic and and those scenes in particular um she just sold what what she was experiencing as a character um yeah, I, I really, I really thought she was fantastic throughout. Like every everything she played, she played so well. I think, you know, she she played the the kind of aggressor well. She played kind of this college girl well. The the kind of um, you know weird feelings that she was having for her roommate. The kind of you know just all of these things. She just absolutely knocked out of the park, and I, and I thought it just made the the whole character so believable. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think I, I did thoroughly enjoy this movie, and I think most of it is due to that performance of, mm. like, it, it completely sold who Alexis was as a character. And, yeah, I agree with you. She does sell it so well in those moments because yeah. it is a lot of her reaction as well as the kind of visuals they show on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the one thing I was going to say is, like, with, with the visuals, I think what it did do a good job of is getting across <clears throat> it was a mix of it's very positive for her and it's a very happy thing. You know, that's what I got from the visuals. It's a very mm-hmm. bright, kind of happy feeling. But it is also like they use a lot of blood reds during the course of it. So to still show that it is a violent act yeah. that's happening. And so I thought that was actually really clever. When, like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, they're just showing like pretty colors. That makes sense. But then the more it happened throughout the movie, I was like, oh, this is actually, they did actually put a lot of thought into like, how, how are you going to get this across visually on screen? And I think, like I say, they did a good job of it's positive for Alexis. She's mm-hmm. clearly in enjoying it but also this is a pretty dark thing that's happening it's not just all like happiness um so yeah i think kind of i guess is there not really anything else to say we should probably just do our recommendations um which i'm sure are going to both be yes (laughs) for this movie yes yeah i think this one like um because what what sort of release have we got on this then obviously it's coming out in the next week or so yeah it's coming out on the 21st i believe just a digital platform so right yeah yeah so however you can get this you should definitely watch it um if you're lucky enough to have a theatrical show in, then run to the cinemas for it. And even mm. even though there are crazy movies coming out of the cinema, this one really does warrant a really nice big screen experience. I wish we could have it. Mm. Um, you know, if this was showing at our cinema, I'd be like, hmm, do we see this again? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, little double feature to, to just see on the big screen like we did. Um, oh, God, what Lords of Chaos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think, yeah, this movie's fantastic. And the thing is, as well, is in horror movies and kind of you know the stuff we see, we see the same recipe over and over again. And I think kind of the word kind of original horror gets thrown out a lot, and it doesn't always, it's not always warranted. And I think this mm. was really original and really yeah. fresh. And 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 yeah, so so yeah, it's it's a strong recommend for me. Yeah, I completely agree. And I can't, I don't want to understate it enough is that I've seen a lot of movies that the ones that kind of the on demand horror this year that have come out and people start going crazy on Twitter Mm. and they start recommending it. And a lot of them I've seen, I don't recommend and didn't enjoy. And so I want to say officially for this one that I highly recommend you check out Sound of Violence. I, I think it is much, much better than a lot of on-demand horror that i've seen this year that a lot of people are hyping up and so and i have no idea if this is going to be one of those ones that gets people behind it but i have a suspicion that it's going to go slightly under the radar Mm. um and so for that reason alone yeah don't listen to kind of what everyone else is saying go and watch this movie and 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 then let us know what you thought of it because i had a really good time with it and i completely agree with what you said then this is an original movie this Mm -hmm. isn't like another one of these spooky whatever whatever this is like a real original concept that that just happens to be a horror movie you know but it's like a really effective drama and it's a really good character study um mm. because yeah lexus is one of my favorite characters i've seen all year yeah um, me too. so I know. And when we talk about like a fright fest or something like i would just lose my shit if we'd have seen this at a fright fest yeah do you know what i mean yeah going like, in and knowing nothing and seeing this and being like oh my god yeah. this was awesome um because <laughs> yeah, i was doing that sat at home watching this yeah. you know so. <laughs> Yeah, it's good, man. I mean, it's always nice seeing these good ones. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really happy kind of kicking off this new run of new films. This was the one that I was like least excited about out of all of them. And it was mm. really good. So Definitely. fingers crossed for the coming weeks. Big um, shoes to fill for the others. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was our discussion on The Sound of Violence. We will take a short break and we will be right back. 
so yeah that is pretty much it for this week um there yeah, like i said earlier on i uh, i did watch all of uh part two of in search of darkness in the nice. past week um nice. which yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed kind of obviously i loved part one and in, mm-hmm. in seeing part two was out in shadow i was like oh, okay like i wasn't as excited going in obviously because i'd seen part mm-hmm. one so i was like okay it's more of it it's four and a half hours and I was watching it and having such a good time and, you know, making my usual notes of movies that I want to check out. And the first time I paused, it, I was like, okay, I'll give it a rest here. It was, I was two and a half hours in, like it just flew past completely. And then I watched kind of like the next two hours, you know, one hour separately. Um, but I couldn't get over how much I thoroughly enjoyed it and couldn't turn mm-hmm. it off. And, and overall, having seen the whole thing, I like this considerably better than part one. Um, yeah. I think, I think part one was awesome, but obviously it was a lot of what I already know about horror it was a lot of like okay let's talk about freddy let's talk about jason let's mm, talk about know Fixie, you, mean, yeah. you know whereas this was like they let's are going the in, shit. Yeah. Yeah, like vast majority of the stuff in this in this documentary i haven't seen and mm-hmm. what i really enjoyed was a lot of it i don't want to see you know they did a <laughs> yeah. good job of showing me the fun scenes and talking about its yeah. moment and place but i don't want to yeah <laughs> sometimes they did say that but, yeah. but other times it wasn't even so much as that it was so much as just like this is a real wacky thing that i don't have unlimited time to watch all of these hilariously zany movies no, um so getting them to. yeah getting them bite-sized <laughs> in this documentary was awesome so so for that reason alone yeah i did enjoy this more than part one and that's why i'm even more excited for a part three because i want them to go as obscure as, as all mm. possible and just yeah. dig up the weirdest most random shit ever and i think you mentioned it on the podcast they they do a little section on video games which yeah. i really enjoyed i kind of like the classic games which is awesome because i've seen like nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th but there was a couple on there like a texas chainsaw massacre game that looks mental shit. yeah i loved uh, it and because obviously when we spoke to them we mentioned the video game aspect yeah. and the fact that like the NES controller was on the poster, but, yeah. you know, and we were like, "Are you going to cover these crazy games?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, we are!" And then obviously it wasn't in the original doc, and mm. and so, yeah, it was awesome to get it in part two. Yeah, and obviously Robert yeah. England as well, him kind yeah, of being heavily brilliant. featured in part two was awesome. And yeah, I loved his interviews so much. Um, yeah, but yeah, as far as like the ones I, it was funny because I made probably a list of about six or seven out of movies mm-hmm. that I were like, oh man, a lot of them I hadn't even heard of. And the first one, the one that I wanted to see the most, looked it up, typed in the name of the film with Blu-ray into Google and uh, an Arrow video release exists of nice. it, which was crazy. So yeah, it was um, Dressed to Kill from 1980. Oh, yeah um i was like yeah i thought the movie yeah, looked awesome it looked, it looked well, um yeah. and so i kind of that was the first one i wanted to look up and it's wild because i've looked up arrow videos entire collections so many times mm. like every time there's a sale i go through and look at them all so i thought in my mind i had a catalog that i knew all of their <laughs> titles at this point but clearly i don't because there's just so many um so yeah I've, I've, I've already bought that and it's on its way nice. so i'll be looking forward to seeing that in the coming weeks um but yeah i just had an absolutely wonderful time watching that um have you yeah. seen anything in the last week? Um, no, I haven't been. I haven't been watching anything too much. The one thing I did want to touch upon was a little bit of uh, feedback we got during the week from mm. uh, from Cat, um, who answered the question, uh, and I think she's <laughs> answered the question for us all: who who best to um, direct a George Romero movie? And a she nailed it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, a zombie movie. Uh, Edgar Wright. Yeah, it, it was one of those things. It, yeah. I was like, God damn it. How, how did we have like a I know. conversation about this and didn't mention Edgar Wright? I was like, yeah, I was, I think I was my... ashamed of myself and proud of Cat at the same time. Yeah, it, it made um, perfect sense. I think my only reason in my mind that I'm trying to say now is like he's nah. doing a million different things. No, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> 
um so yeah, yeah I, if, I, if I he wants to that. do it then he is the uh, yeah 100 percent. he is the dream guy in a million yeah. years like he, yeah he he's already shown that he can do that and especially now that he is willing to get back into the horror genre that we know like man that would just be a match made in heaven wouldn't it if he actually wanted to do that and i have a feeling that he kind of would because why, why i think he would yeah i think he would super fan of yeah. romero so yeah definitely that was a good um one. so yeah I, I love that but yeah no i haven't been watching anything i mean i do we want to go a little bit into resident evil obviously to give more of a preview of it because yeah. obviously the game's fresh out have we're not going to go into spoilers i haven't finished the game no okay. um and and i don't think we want to go into spoilers or anything no. just kind of first impressions really of, of when you first hit the village and kind of go go through the castle and that sort of stuff and you know for, for me kind of i've stayed away from you know a- anyone that's a long-term listener of the show knows how much we love resident evil as a franchise mm. we've done uh episodes <laughs> infamous episodes that hopefully not many people have listened to of us talking about resident evil at length um because we we absolutely love this video game franchise and and yeah this game coming out i kind of kept away from it really where i it wasn't that i weren't hyped i just i don't know i guess with like covid and stuff i just don't want to look forward to stuff because i, mm. I know it can be taken away so i just wait until it's in my hands now and then when it's in my hands i'll enjoy it and it's kind of the attitude I've been taking. It's kind of like the whole cinema thing. I'm not as buzzed as I should be because I'm just like, I want to wait until we're sat there. There are so many things that could still go wrong. Um, but yeah, actually getting it in my hands and playing it, I uh, it, it was exactly kind of what I hoped it would be, where it's just this, it's just this awesome, terrifying game. I'm sitting there playing it with headphones on and the first kind of when you actually can get into the game and you get past the setup, um, you know, it, it, it's terrifying. Mm. And the the introduction of these new um, werewolves and these new villains and kind of just mixing things up constantly is so fantastic. I think the game does... I think one of the things that I get w- was worried about is that does Resident Evil lose its DNA because it's starting to become too much of other stuff. And what I realized was no, because the DNA of Resident Evil is the the gamification of everything. It's the um, map, it's the keys, it's the item management, it's the scarce, scarcity of ammo, you know. And, and the game did all of that stuff so well, where we've got new elements being added with the inventory management, which I think all of that's fantastic. I think the... All of that feels authentically Resident Evil, but also fresh and new. Um, and then kind of all of the, like I say, the enemies and the gameplay and all of that, it just all is so different, but still feels authentically Resident Evil. And I think these last two games have really put a stamp on what Resident Evil is now. And what it is, isn't Raccoon City and Umbrella, which which people like me can't get away from. And, and clearly... I'm not on my own, hence why they keep remaking those games. But that's not what Resident Evil is anymore. Resident Evil is a stamp of horror, and it's a stamp of we're going to give you these fresh takes on horror, but giving you these, you know, gameplay mechanics that make this authentically Resident Evil. Mm. Um, uh, you know, a- almost kind of like what Assassin's Creed does, really. You know, and I think, um, and to me, um, like, you know, obviously I said like I haven't completed the game. Um, I've it's been plot light for me and obviously we're not going to go into plot but like I I'm appreciating that because I'm almost to the point where I just love this gameplay in this world and I, and I just want it to be these little these little stories and these little kind of 
I just want people to be in this village and and have you know all this crazy shit happen to them, and it's just a scary ride, and that's exactly what I'm getting right now, and and yeah, I'm having a whale of a time. I I was terrified going into this game because mm-hmm. not not because of kind of what they were showing, but. I have a thing with most re- like a lot of recent games. A lot of sequels to my favorite recent games have not yeah, been good. Been, and yeah. like Resident Evil Seven is one of my all time favorite video games. It's it's top three, and I love it so so much. And them kind of returning to the first person with Resident Evil. Like the remakes are a completely different story because they never worry me. They can be amazing like two. They can be fun and decent like three. But they don't have the same impact as a new Resident Evil ever will. And so mm-hmm. kind of going into this, I was so scared and frightened. And they knocked this out of park on a level that I didn't even know was imaginable. Um, to the point where there is like a lot about this game that is considerably better than seven mm. um like the enemy design and variety which was clearly the worst thing about seven is like so it's like they clearly made a point of like we are going to make so many different enemies that are all <laughs> completely different that all have really interesting mechanics and in how to kill them that are all really scary and already look awesome and it's it's the best enemy mm. design and variety resident evil's ever had it's so goddamn good um the world is incredible um visually i think gameplay i think this now tops resident evil 2 remake as the most fun resident evil game to play because seven isn't the most fun because it's trying to be Mm. such a scary horror game um you pretty much limited in terms of weapons as well which is another thing this game does really well where all the weapons are super fun and interesting to play and people were trying to say like well is this more actiony and i know a lot of people kind of get scared about that with resident evil it's not it's just bigger and open and more fun. Um, and for that reason, I, I was blown away. There's only one section of the entire game that I think is, like, okay. And I think every other section is, like, 10 out of 10, gameplay, horror, Resident Evil, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was completely blown away. Obviously, we'll get into kind of the, the ending and story stuff in the future. But I love the story stuff that they did. Um, and it was way better than I ever imagined. So I love that aspect of it as well. And yeah kind of it just shows like i've you know loved resident evil my whole life and have been there since day one and it's weird because i think a lot of different resident evil fans want different things from the franchise clearly um but i've always been super open and said like to me resident evil isn't even the things that you said which i know a lot of people categorize it as the kind of you know item scarcity and all that stuff to me resident evil is the leader in cinematic horror experiences um no one makes them better in terms of like the big grand triple a it feels big and expensive and is awesome and that's all i want from resident evil and -hmm. so the fact that they've now made a resident evil which is incredibly fun to play but doesn't have zombies it has werewolves and it has vampires and creepy haunted dolls and just every other different kind of horror trope from horror cinema which we never thought would translate into resident evil and it all works exceptionally under the same umbrella quote unquote and it's like man the game, the game's so fucking phenomenal. I am blown away by. It. I absolutely love it. I never thought I would like it this much, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, to me, it is up there with with Seven now. It's like, to me, there's an argument that these are the best two Resident Evil games for many different reasons, and I think Seven, what it did at the time, it 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 breathed life into resident evil because resident evil was dead on its ass after six (laughs) and so for that reason alone i'll always love seven because it's the reason why resident evil exists today and they took a chance and nailed it but this is like oh we took a chance but then we went absolutely batshit with everything and dialed up to a thousand and somehow it still worked and in a lot of ways this is even more impressive because i'm like man i don't know how you guys made this work as well as it did but you did and 
yeah it's awesome man when, when like i said think... we're, we're both so excited because when resident evil is good there is nothing that makes me more happy in video games no me neither like um i think like you said what what the franchise had done was it couldn't it couldn't get away from raccoon city and everything else and it, it was doing what i wanted and it needed to get away from what i wanted because they'd gotten too far with it you know the lore and everything else had gotten way out of hand and they were just continuing things and bringing in these characters and it just you know got so crazy and then when seven came out it was such a gamble it you know it it was it, it wasn't so much of a gamble because the franchise was dead but it basically it it just flipped everything on its head and went right we're going to go absolutely batshit crazy and you know it it was um never in a million years would i have guessed that they were going to do that with the franchise and that it would work and then when they did it and it worked and now they have this freedom where they take these risks because this is a gamble on this is an evolution of seven and it's you know again this couldn't work this might not have worked and it it did and and yeah i just think it's like i said um nothing nothing gets me more pumped than when resident evil is this good yeah you know, in Endgame, when Doctor Strange he sees the one, like yeah, yeah. the the one universe where they defeat Thanos. Like, <laughs> I think we live in that universe right now in terms yeah, of Resident, Resident Evil. Evil because making a first person Resident Evil game after what twenty five years the yeah. franchise had been around at that point exactly. that should have never fucking worked ever. All of the yeah. fans would have hated it. Like a lot of the real kind of hardcore you know fans which shouldn't have loved that and all of this and that and that somehow worked and that said oh okay resident evil can be anything we want it to be as long as it's an amazing horror game and that's Mm. all that matters and so i think that's where you get to village because they go okay it doesn't need to have like you say all these elements like zombies and it can just be an extremely fun video game to play that is horror it will work and it will be resident evil and so yeah, yeah that's why i'm just so happy the, these last two games seven and village they're just absolutely phenomenal i just i'm so happy with them and yeah considering where resident evil is and obviously like I say i enjoy the remakes for what they are and i'm sure we'll get a remake of four um but like this is my favorite resident evil is just like and and it's because it's in line with what they were originally doing you know of just like it's an original concept you know back then we didn't know what resident evil was until the first mm. one came out and then that was awesome and now i don't know what resident evil is because it can be literally anything that as long as it's fun and horror so yeah it's it's such an awesome time man i can't i've already beat it twice and i'm having to try and force myself to slow down but i just can't help it it's so goddamn fun to play (laughs) (laughs) and like and then there's like mercenaries to play as well and i don't know if they'll do dlc i really hope they do because the dlc in seven was really awesome as well and for how fun this game is to play because like i keep saying it's way more fun to play than seven ever was so i i hope there's more because i just want to keep playing it um and yeah, hopefully, if, if anyone's remotely into Resident Evil, you have to play this game. It is just so much fun. Um, yeah, and if you're into, you know, horror video games, because I don't, you know, I think, like you say, it's it's one of the scariest games that I've played in a long, long time, mm. uh, probably since 7, you know, and it and it is because, you know, everything they do works. And with this first person and the sound design and, and everything, you're no longer hampered by camera angle and and controls and all of that it all works fantastically but the enemies are just so goddamn terrifying and in your face that it still works 
yeah the horror and the scares the scares now come from like mm. the actual atmosphere and mm. world and characters but as far as the scary stuff it's interesting because i think the start of this game is really scary and a couple of other sections but overall i don't think it's anywhere near as scary as resident evil 7 like i think all of resident evil 7 is terrifying the yeah, entire game well, the thing whereas is, this with, is too with, much fun with yeah th- this is you know kind of more open space and, mm. and definitely kind of more fun guns and that sort of yeah. thing like you feel you more get, overpowered in this you get a sniper rifle early on which is yeah, great it feels fun. great yeah yeah you know and that sort of stuff which you weren't you weren't getting that in in seven no <laughs> no you, you were pretty you much were handgun getting, and shotgun for 90 percent of that game <laughs> yeah but yeah but it's yeah, awesome it's, it's great yeah i can't wait until you finish it and then we can talk about kind of the ended stuff because yeah it's 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 fantastic um but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, probably the most positive episode we've done all year in mm, terms of the film times. and Resident Evil. It's just been a great week. And yeah, like I'm super excited. Obviously, in a matter of days, by the time we record, the cinemas will be open, but we'll be on Netflix next week um, for what was a cinema release last year, but is now a Netflix release of The Woman in the Window. Um, and then hopefully kicking off our, our stint in the cinema. So mm-hmm. In just a matter of days, Spiral will be out, which I, again, I already get a new Resident Evil and now I get a new Saw movie. This is just absolutely awesome. Like, you know, the reviews are out there. There's trailers. Like, people have seen this movie. It's definitely coming out. So as long as our cinema is actually open, (laughs) I'll be seeing this in a matter of days, which i can't wait this has been awesome you know it's been a, a pretty shit year for everyone so it's nice to have these like awesome long time new things to come we're out finally oh yeah getting the payoff. for sure yeah definitely um so yeah stay tuned for the rest of the month because it's going to be a hell of a, a fun time um but yeah that was episode 247 where we discussed sound of violence uh, thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how could I start now?